Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to PHLY Union Podcast. As we have been waiting, we've been talking about it. The moment is finally here, live and in studio. You don't care about me, who I am, Renee Washington. It's all about Alejandro Bedoya, finally joining us on the guest. The captain's here. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. <laughs> I got to walk the beautiful space, so congratulations to you and the rest of Philly Sports. Yeah, yes, cool. what I love about this is you are our first official in-person guest. For those of you that are tuning in, we haven't had a player yet until today. Uh, we are just two weeks into the show and for PHLY Sports Altogether, just two weeks in. So I'm thrilled that we get to launch our first in-person guest with you, someone that I know I've, I've spoken to, and just overall with the union, with how exciting you guys are to have this chance to have a conversation. Yeah, well, I feel honored to be the first <laughs> one here. And I gotta say, it's a great space, so really cool. All right, so we've got lots to get into today. We will, of course, talk about who you are, get a deeper dive so that people get to know you even more off the pitch. But let's talk about the fact you guys just clinch a playoff spot. Heading back to the postseason, uh, Wednesday night in the tie against Charlotte, mm -hmm. you come back after trailing by two goals. All four of those goals scored in the second half. You guys, with two late goals, able to come back, clinch. I mean, what, what coming out of that game, um, what was the talk in the locker room of just how you guys are able to fight back and get a point? Yeah, I think, you know, what's interesting is uh, obviously now the, the way our club has transformed over the years, uh, just clinching is, is that's expected from us. Yes. Right? So I think it was actually a bit somber in the locker room, to be honest with you, because, you know, we did go down 2-0. We came back 2-2, but I think we were uh, upset with ourselves the way we played. I thought the first half we could have uh, uh, scored or, or create, been better off the transition moments that we had in that game so I would say you know that's that's kind of the, the mentality of the team you know we weren't satisfied with just a draw there in Charlotte because we knew we, we you know that we could have uh, won that game and, and probably should have but I think um, you know uh, yeah I just saw that at the beginning of the intro there's levels to this right and I think that's where we are now right there's levels to this to the point where we're not a team that's just you know complacent or satisfied with clinching right we, we know we want to get to the yeah. playoffs with uh when they start uh, as a top seed and so that's what we're vying for um so you know in the charlotte game you know all away games are tough mm -hmm. uh playing on turf sucks and it's not just me as a soccer <laughs> player saying that but I, I think you even hear from the nfl players too football players you know playing on turf sucks and, yeah. and that game wasn't pretty at times you know because it gets sloppy you know with the bounces and the way the ball rolls and things like that but i think that's just mentality of the team I'm, I'm happy with the effort you know to come back from two goals down to tie it and hey clinching playoffs is you know it's not something that we should just uh, casually look over either because mm -hmm. a lot of teams still don't make make the playoffs but at the same time we, you know we're striving for more than just clinching yeah yeah no that's a great point I'm just the expectations that you're not satisfied with just clinching and there was a time that clinching a playoff spot was the goal um not just for the union but for many teams and so now it's like oh okay you know you expect that you were you were waiting for that moment to happen um but it is tough when you look at back-to-back -back games that ended in ties where again cincinnati you're up two nothing mm -hmm. you end up tying two two against charlotte you're down two nothing you end up tying two two and i know for for people watching um on the outside looking in it's like well wow 
it's two games that are winnable games, two games that we would love to see three points come out of. But as a player, especially being in the mix, what is it that you liked? And also, of course, adjustments that you would like to be better taking a look at both of those games um, from being on the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'd agree with that sentiment, right? The same sensation that the fans probably feel is yeah. that when you're up 2-0 at home, you expect to win a game, right? Mm -hmm. But then when you're down 2-0, maybe you shouldn't be down 2-0, but at least you come back and, and get points. But, um, you know, as a player, you just you stay in the moment. You know, I think one thing I've learned over my career in general is, you know, you never get too high when, when you're it's going well and you never get too low when maybe things aren't going so well. So it's just being able to maintain that, that middle ground and, and just keep, you know, the, the good thing about this is of games that we play this season is that there's always a next one real quick right oh, yeah. so you, you don't get too too much time to think about maybe the last result you move on on to the next game so now we have a great opportunity tomorrow against LAFC who's a quality opponent but you know to just put those games behind us and move forward look forward and and, and you know get the results that, that we know we we're capable of especially at home in front of our home fans where it's that you know Subaru Park's been a fortress for us and we know that mm -hmm. how confident we are at home and how strong we typically are so Hopefully we can get a, you know, a three points tomorrow. Yeah, and that is, I mean, obviously a very captain mature response, but as a whole, uh, as a team, you guys understanding the value of just staying in the moment and knowing there's so many games, there's so many matches. It's easy for someone to sit up and say, and like you said, you agree. A Charlotte game is a game that's, you, you it's a disappointment. Uh, being up against Cincinnati, that's a disappointment. But at the end of the day, bigger picture, it's on to the next one. You know, mm -hmm. it's not getting stuck on the shoulda, woulda, couldas and all the things you could have done differently because each of these games, regardless how you feel about the result, regardless if it's the result you want, I should say, help down the stretch, as you know, come postseason time. And what is it about this group specifically? I mean, every year a team has a different identity. You know, there's always some new players. There's always some players that you no longer have on the roster. So for this group so far, now that we are getting towards the end of the regular season, what is it about this group that, that you feel like makes them so special? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the word identity, right? And it's pretty crystal clear over the last few years we've had a certain identity. Everybody mm -hmm. knows pretty much what they're going to get from the Philadelphia Union or what they're going to see when Philadelphia Union is playing, right? That's a, typically a high-pressing team, a team that is good at uh, forcing the other team to make mistakes into turnovers, mm -hmm. and we're all about those transition moments, right? Yeah. Can we capitalize on those transition moments? And, 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 and you know, uh, we're able to create a lot of chances out of those transition moments, turning the ball over, or the other, getting the opponent to turn the ball over in, in, in bad spots, right? Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, I think we didn't, we lacked that, you know, the final third sharpness in, against Charlotte in the first half where I think we, we definitely turned them over enough times and we just weren't, you know, um, efficient with our, our transition moments. But that, that's the identity, you know, I think that we have. And everybody, every player that comes into the squad, into the team, um, knows what, what the team identity is, what the club culture is like the lo in the locker room, with the personalities, and, and you know, mm. they know what their role is, and, and that's key, is everybody understanding their role. And I think what also helps, too, is continuity. You mm. know, that can be under, uh, you know, that can be undermined. I think continuity has helped us be successful. We've kept pretty much the core of the team intact. When you start with Blake, the center back, midfielders, yeah. you know, and then, you know, strikers here on, uh, come in and out, I guess. Uh, they've been a little bit different over the years, but a team like us, we're always going to create chances for those strikers, yeah. right? Because of a turnovers and transition moments. So whoever comes in that striker, I feel like, you know, has a decent chance of, of having chances created for them and, and opportunities. So, but yeah, identity is crucial, I think. And I think that's, that's something that we've been able to build on um, from top to bottom mm -hmm. and, and the whole club, across the whole club and team. And it is interesting you say that because I couldn't agree more. I know we talked about it on our first episode of the show um, with our with our guest JP and was just talking about how when you look at year after year from Andre Blake, you know, the back line, the midfield core, the core of this group has been the same. And also looking at the success that's happened, actually going back to Blake's 2016 Goalkeeper of the Year Award and you joining the team in 2016 and also looking at then the Supporter Shield in 2020. Uh, well, there's stuff to happen in between with playoffs and things too, but <laughs> Supporter Shield in 2020, the CONCACAF success, like every year the team has continued to evolve. Last year's obviously the run of the MLS Cup. You know, what of these, these milestones and these stepping stones, how have they, I should say, help you guys really be able to have that maturity and that mindset that at this point of just sticking to your identity and, and trusting that regardless what happens, not too high, not too low, you've got this. Yeah, no, I think that that helps to have like that, like I talked about with the culture in a locker room, you know, you, you 
Uh, I love the different personalities we have when we have on the team. And, and, you know, there's been a few players that maybe have come and gone that, that maybe didn't fit. And, and you know, they're, they weren't the right fit. And so mm-hmm. they're gone now. But like you said, the core of the team, I think, has been crucial. You know, from Blake, you know, from the back line, you know, you've had Jacob and Jack been in there for a while now. Even Kai out there, uh, Jose, myself and a couple others in the midfield. And then. You know, uh, I think that's the spine of the team, yeah. really, you know, and I think that's been so important for a team to be successful. I got to give a lot of credit, obviously, to the coaching staff, uh, mm-hmm. Jim, um, obviously, has a big uh, part to put the play in here. Just, you know, he's a great um, manager, you know, I guess with, with tactical in terms of getting to us to play and in, in that in, in this identity, but also a man manager. I think mm. that can't be understated. I think if you ask any player in a union, um, they'll say Jim is you know, obviously the nicest guy and yeah. such a great person. Um, you know, sometimes maybe too nice, you know, and I, I like him to get it stuck in and uh, I'd like to hear from him, but, you know, get, get that South Philly in him going. Uh, <laughs> but no, nah, he's, uh, he, he's been great. And, you know, credit to the staff and, and everybody who's, you know, been a part of building the squad up to this point. But, you know, I think the core of the team has, has been so important for us to be successful because, you know, it takes a certain mentality. And once you become experienced, like I said, with, with Blake uh, and, and myself being part of that first, you know, playoff appearance, yes. you build on that, right? And you want to know, okay, this is how hard, you know, Blake's been here a lot longer than I have. So this is how, how long it took. I've been here through the bad times. I know what it's like to be there and not make the playoffs. Like, this is what we want. And then what's the next step? The next goal is, you know, to, to advance in the playoffs. And we were managed to do that little by little. You're taking mm-hmm. steps and then, you know, supporter shield. And then what's the next step? Oh, we got to get to the final. We got to the final. Yep. You know? And fortunately, we didn't win the last one. But, I mean, the goal is here. It's still the same, you know, at the mm-hmm. very least, make the playoffs. And then, you know, make the, the regional tournament, CONCACAF Champions League. And we've done well in that tournament as yep. well. And so, you know, I got to give credit to the guys, the mentality, um, because at the end of the day, you know, everybody knows the union isn't, you know, we're not a huge big budget team. So mm-hmm. it's down to the players and the characters and the personalities to be like, we're going to go in there and compete. Yeah. You know, you look at tomorrow's game, you know, look down the line, you know, between, you know, names and stuff. I mean, the transfer fees that they paid for their players, the salaries that those players are on is a lot higher than the guys here. But mm-hmm. guess what? We compete. And that's something that I think maybe a Philly fans can appreciate about <laughs> Philly, right? You know, we yeah. looked, we're often look Phillies as guess people are often looked at maybe a bit underrated or the underdogs and all this stuff. And, and you know, that's, that's what we're all about. Just making sure we compete and whenever we step on the field in between the white lines and, and, you know, go for it. Yeah. Philly fans definitely have the, uh, and understand, I should say for all of our sports teams, the underdog mentality that you see, um, because without a doubt, it's, it's never, I don't care how successful our teams are and how successful, as you talk about, you guys have continued to achieve more, still have that underdog mentality in this, in this case, maybe in the financial side, whatever it may be. Um, I love in the chat, we're seeing some different people popping in. Uh, Will saying, Will loves the union. We lo- all love the union, Will. Um, yeah. Hand squared saying that, Bedoya, you're looking like a model as always. Oh, wow. That's a compliment. GQ yeah. Bedoya. No, no. Look I, at that. <laughs> I forgot this was live. I didn't even shave. Nothing. Uh, <laughs> I need a haircut. Oh, my gosh. Appreciate the comment, though. Yes, <laughs> yes. And then um, also we're getting from Jose. Uh, was the financial prize for players and clubs worth the uncharted territory that teams find themselves in having played 40 plus games at this point. Uh, that has been the just the longevity of the season, the amount of matches that you've played. I know you were even saying, is that 200 number correct? We got that number from MLS that you've had uh, 200 appearances in the MLS. But as we know, there's more outside of just that because of the international fixtures that you're playing. Um, I don't know, you're, you just took a drink of, of water, you're staying hydrated, yeah, you're staying yeah, loose. Uh, <laughs> but uh, do you but feel I'll, the... I'll acknowledge that, that question yeah, from go ahead, Jose. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, go for thanks, it. Thanks, Jose, for asking that because I think, um, obviously, there's always incentives out there, right, for players, for coaches, whoever mm-hmm. it may be. And, and those are important, right, because I think those uh, mentally get you going to to try to achieve those incentives and, and get those that bonus money or whatever. But I think there needed it to be that, that financial prize for players because at the end of the day, um, we're the ones that are playing. You know, obviously there's people that are share a boardroom and right. the, there's executive, the front offices, but you know, they're looking at X's and O's, right? They're looking at how can we maximize revenue? How can we, you know, make a profit here or there? Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not the ones playing. They're not the ones traveling. We saw many, um, I, I could totally understand the Mexican players on their side. They're the, the clubs that were here. And if they made it as far as we did, I mean, they're yeah. in the States away from their families for five, six weeks. 
I mean, look, that takes a toll on their, their you know, body, all the travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you saw Monterey, the team that we played in the semis, uh, complaining about that and how much they traveled. Um, but also, you know, mentally, too. I mean, we're not robots, you know. So yeah. you're, you can look at numbers on a spreadsheet to see how you maximize revenue. I think League's Cup was, it was great. It was fun. We enjoyed it. We were home most of the time. You know, mm-hmm. it was great for, for our club. We qualified in Champions League. But certainly, uh, yeah, the financial prize is, is important to keep in mind because the players need to share in that. Uh, and I would say even more so because of yeah. what we put ourselves through. I mean, we're already at 40 I think 43rd, 44th game of the season, perhaps. Maybe, maybe I, I might be off. Um, that's way more than a full season already played oh, yeah. with games to go, with playoffs games to go. We got the first round in the playoffs now. They've added a, it's a three-game mm-hmm. knockout kind of competition that first round. So there's a lot more games at stake. So when there's more games at stake, of course, there should be more money at stake for, yeah. for the players. So, yeah. And it is interesting because we have definitely seen the change within soccer in, in America. It already happens in other countries where you have um, – Throughout the course of the regular season, there's a mixture of cups and tournaments. And then, of course, for the MLS specifically, as you mentioned, international games that you're playing against opponents. And I see to Jose's question on one side, yes, it does add more games to your schedule. So physically could be um, and is more taxing. But on the other side, mentally, as you're talking about, gives you something else to play for. It gives your team another chance to compete against someone else. You know, as, as a player, what do you feel is the is the is the trade-off of how it helps just as a group to have these moments where you're not just playing MLS teams. You get to play some other opponents. You get to travel to other places, even sometimes being away from home a little bit more than you'd like. But mm-hmm. how does that help long-term? And does it, do you feel it outweighs the physical demand that those extra games add, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think, look, we're competitors first and foremost, yeah. right? We want to win. So whenever there's a trophy on the line, mm-hmm. like, you want to win silverware, mm-hmm. right? That's the end goal, right? I, I don't just do this for charity, for fun. Yeah. Of course, it's fun, right? But at the end, I want to win. And, you know, League's Cup was introduced. There's the first iteration of it mm-hmm. uh, this year. I'm sure there'll be changes and fixes and whatever for, for the next um for the next league's cup but you know that was a trophy on the line that that we were going buying for you yeah know, just like the champions league just like they're you know maybe a u.s open cup and, and the league and whatnot supporter shield so that was our mentality you know you can complain all you want about you know extra gets taxing and especially there's so many different variables at stake too you know we play in this tournament during the summer months which Ugh, summer yes. here it was whew, brutal it's, hot. it's brutal and some of those games you know players are dealing with humidity tired legs um, you know, it's it's taxing on the body, no doubt about that. We're not robots, you know, that, that's the truth. So there, there's a thing, you know, about like, you know, how can we continue to add even more debt and, you know, salary cap, we don't have to get into all those all those things, technical stuff. But uh, I, um, yeah, like you said, we're, uh, we're competitors. So whenever there's games at stake and a competition at stake, we want to win. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that, that could, that obviously, when the whistle blows, all that stuff goes out the window. You're there to compete and do your best again to win. Yeah, yeah, and definitely so many games. Um, Jose, I love that you're dropping the questions. If anybody else has questions, drop them in the chat. I'll give you guys a chance to uh, get those questions asked to Ali as we're going through it. Um, best team in Philadelphia. So many games, as Jonathan is saying, just stay healthy, boys. Could not agree more. And Ali's saying in the chat, Ali loves the union. What a great guest to have on. We love that, too, because, uh, Ali, you are a great guest to have on the show. And as we are talking through the games, for anybody that's looking to get to a game, you can always head over to the Game Time app. Game Time app has you covered where you're able to use the code PHLY. You get $20 off with that code of your first purchase. It's great for helping you find tickets, whether it's to games, concerts, any sort of sports and entertainment that you want to check out. It makes it easy. It makes it quick. And with a nice code of PHLY, you also get a $20 discount. So um, we love to save money, too. (laughs) So listen, (laughs) there are plenty of games coming up, including one tomorrow. Um, Back at home, Mm -hmm. and you're playing against LAFC, you know, after two odd games honestly that seems like those last two were another chance to get back in the win column obviously you've clinched which takes a little bit of that pressure off but every game is always a game that you're playing for something as you talk about with the postseason the way it is set up home games are important there's there's more um coming into tomorrow's game you know what have you guys talked about in terms of adjustments that you want to make taking on LAFC yeah, look, I think I think this was one of the first games that maybe was uh, circled when the f- schedule first came out, just mm-hmm. because uh, obviously it's a rematch of last year's.
Masters, MLS Cup final. But, uh, you know, the season is where it's at right now. Yeah. It's towards the end. Both teams have traveled a lot recently. We've both played a lot of games this year because of, the, obviously, how far we both made it in Champions League and with the League's Cup and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, look, LAFC is, is still one of the top teams in, in, this, in this league. Uh, we know about their quality uh, and their talent that they have. Um, but if I rec uh, when I recall and look back at our, our game uh, in the Champions League semis here at home, I thought we played a great game. We had a good game plan. We, we really pressured them a lot, and, and we uh, created a lot of chances. So the talk is just like I mentioned earlier. We just got to be able to capitalize better on the transition moments, mm -hmm. um, play our game, play our style in front of our, in front of our home fans. Um, however, the weather might play a role in how the game is played yes. out. You know, there's like I mentioned earlier, there's always variables, you know, other variables, mm -hmm. right? Um, so, but we'll see. But it's all about us, you know. If we stick to our game plan, play our style of, uh, of play and impose it on them, I think that we can come out a result. Uh, obviously, we respect the opponent, but um, it's it's about us really and how we apply ourselves and, and you know, hopefully we can finish off our chances. And I'd like for us to also keep a shutout. We haven't really been mm. able to do that. And, and that's, I think that's something that we talk about and we've, that we've strive, um, that, that we're all about, strive yeah. to do, keep shutouts. So I think Andre would really appreciate it if we can help him keep a shutout. Um, you know, he's he's the best goalie in the lead. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if we're able to keep a shutout, we know we're, we're going to be in the game and, and got to finish our chances. Yeah, yeah, no, a shutout makes it nice. And uh, obviously it's definitely a goal that – um, you want to have this to have a clean sheet, not only for Andre, but for your back line, too. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's been some changes in your back line for different reasons over the last game. So I think from a confidence standpoint, to get a clean sheet is always, always good. And then doesn't hurt uh, offensively as well when you know the back line, the back five's getting things done. And now offensively, you can play with a little bit more of that flair. But you've got a great mixture of, of youth and um, veterans, so to speak. You know, what is it that you like most about what the young group is bringing? We saw Quinn Sullivan come into the game on Wednesday, gets a goal, makes an immediate impact. What is it about this, this next group of young talent that you guys have on this team that really can help you guys out and has helped you guys out I should say yeah absolutely we're going to need them even more down the stretch too you know to add depth but uh they're all young talented players you know I think they've come through you know obviously our academy here and um they're, they're all great guys as well you know I'm actually I actually sit in the corner with pretty much all the, the those young guys you know I'm, I'm in between Jack McGlynn and Quinn Sullivan oh. so um uh, you know, it's it's great that they're always wanting to learn, always asking questions, but also always, you know, staying after training and working on their game, you know, working on, on their touches and, um, you know, finishing and passing and all this stuff. And so I think that's that's very important, especially for the young guys coming to, you know, first team. Um, but they've always willing to put the work in. Um, they stay ready, they stay hungry, even when they probably don't agree with maybe the amount of playing time that they've gotten. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, credit to Quinn last game coming in, making an immediate impact, like you said, a great finish. We know he's got a great, a great shot and he was able to uh, score and, and help us get back into the game. And, and then Jack McGlynn, I think he's he's been a highly rated talent for, for many years, you know, and I think I, I rate him very highly. You know, he's got a great left foot, great vision, great passing, great touch. Um, and so, you know, there's others, obviously, uh, as well. But, um, you know, those two guys are, they're like, they're like my sons, I feel like, <laughs> sitting next to them. I mean, I feel like they, they could be my sons. I'm, I'm twice their age, pretty much, Actually, almost. Actually, you're right. They so, really like, could be your, how does that make you feel oh. when it's like every year? And I feel like as you stay in the <laughs> league longer, it only gets worse where you have players that could literally be your child. Um, but yeah, also yeah. the things that they're saying that make you have those moments of realizing like, holy crap, you are much younger than me. Well, <laughs> to, to that point, I mean, the lingo nowadays and the slang, I, I, don't, these days. I, I don't understand anything. <laughs> Maybe like cap, no cap is like the only thing I get because the other <laughs> stuff that they say, <laughs> whatever they're talking about next to me, it's like, I always have to ask like, what, what does that even mean? Or like, you know, obviously I grew up and listened to hip hop and R&B and stuff. They don't recognize any of the artists that, that I, I think it's music. Okay. Yeah, so music is a whole other thing, but yeah, with Nate Harriel as well, like all these guys, it's it's hilarious. But I love and these guys are great, and I think you know I, I just try to use my experience also in terms of the soccer side of it to you know give back a little bit and, yeah. and help them out through you know they're, they I like that they have questions sometimes, and I'm always I want to jump in also <laughs> in their sessions and be a part of it too, and 
And, uh, you know, we talk a lot of tactics, too, because tactically, I think, you know, the game can be complicated yeah. for, for young guys, too. So, yes. Yeah. Well, Spiral Out, welcome into the chat. Uh, doop, doop. Um, spiral Out. And for anybody that's tuned into our Philly show, you probably are chuckling like I am because the fact you just said cap or no cap. I did a whole Philly segment <laughs> with our co-host, Jamie Lynch, about cap or no cap and, and defined it for those that were tuning into the Philly show um, because it's one of those terms that you hear these days, like everyone's saying, yeah, I just bought a water, no cap. Like it's like just you just hear and it's like, what is happening here? But the the lingo these days is is different. Did you have anything specific that jumps out at you that was said and you were just like crap I'm old oh <laughs> I, I don't even know but I know the union I remember we did this the, the social media team did a segment uh, oh, where boy. I was involved with some of them and I think yeah I think cap was the only one that I got out of all the different words that they threw out now you need like a translator these days to keep up I'm oh, like honestly, is this you how? do but then even with my son he's eight years old and I'm listening to him say certain things and I'm like what did you just say what does that even mean and he's like, I got it from Roblox or something or YouTube. Roblox video. Is, is honestly a YouTube spot. A lot video, of kids yeah. learn lingo. Um, I had a moment where my five-year-old nephew was like, I was playing music and he, and I always say for any time I'm DJing, I will have no problem. I don't care who you are. I will say, I'll take requests. And yeah. my five-year-old nephew actually gave a request and requested a song. And he's like, have you heard? He's like, put this song. I was like, what song is that? It was so good. I was like, gosh, am I old? Oh my gosh. That my yeah, five-year-old nephew is, is suggesting songs to me. And it was like, I thought it was going to be some Coco Melon type of a song. It was not. It was no. like an Afro beat song. It was yeah, good. Yeah, no, it's crazy. But the kids these days do have you feeling a little bit old. So with that, I want to shift into talking about the team. Let's 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 learn a little bit about more of them. Um, I want you to give your initial thought. Don't overthink these questions. Give your initial response. First thing that comes to your mind. If you had to bury a dead body, which teammate would you pick to do it with you? Coach what? suggested that question. I, oh I love your gosh. reaction. <laughs> Jeez. Who are you picking? Go. Oh, my God. If I had to bury a dead body, who am I picking? Who are you calling first? Oh, shoot. Uh, let's go with Jack McGlynn talking to a young kid. He's from Queens, you know, so I feel like, you know, they got some stuff going out there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Your reaction was like, bet you weren't expecting that one. We're just jumping right in. I wasn't going to softball yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. You know, we just got to dive right in. My next questions will be later, I promise. But that was from Coach. That was a question Coach specifically said, so I won't take credit for oh, that good, one. Oh, good. I appreciate Coach that. Coach is smiling That's and waiting on that one. one. Um, wasn't ready for it. Who, <laughs> <laughs> who's the best dancer on the team? The best dancer? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, the guy that's always dancing is Jose Martinez, and I'm pretty sure that's to no one's Oof. surprise. Uh, he's always out there trying to get his reggaeton music played on <laughs> all over the place and always dancing. So I'd just go with him. Is yeah. he a good dancer, though, do you feel like? Or is he just yeah, always he's dancing? He's got some good, like, two steps. And, you know, yeah, he's a funny dancer. Got some rhythm, got some fun. Okay, yeah. okay. Do you have a singer? Is there anybody that can... That, can hold a tune is it Ooh, you no 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 i'm the, just a singing in the shower kind of guy but <laughs> um good singing no we don't have anybody with a good voice that i Not know at all. i haven't heard anybody no wow there's still time guys somebody yeah. can still take that spot and be the the team singer maybe a rapper maybe there's a rapper i'm waiting for us to have a christmas album like the eagles and then we'll see who's oh, got a good voice wow that would be fantastic. I, we'd love that. We'd love that. Um, who's who's the funniest? Who do you feel like is can always keep everybody laughing? Besides me, um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Who's got some good banter? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I feel like I, I do a decent job of keeping the locker room, you know, loose with okay. just you know some of my banter and jokes and. You know, with my experience, maybe I can get away with saying a few things here and there. You know, that, that, is that, 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 that kind of helps there. Yeah, I'll go with myself. I'll pick myself yeah, on as that. you can. Hey, You're Amanda, would you agree? Oh, Amanda oh, said no. You're not gosh. the funniest. That's how I know she that's, she. that's how I know she picked me. Cap, you're capping over there. Yeah, Joe. Joe's <laughs> funny too. Joe Bendick is funny guy too. I, I gotta go with him too. You should. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I feel like if you can't pick someone. It's it maybe because it is you. It's the two oldest guys. Yeah, me and Joe. You know, <laughs> you're the old man in the corner. <laughs> yeah, jokes. we just know more little more jokes and maybe more comfortable with saying you know getting away with stuff. <laughs> oh man, that's 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 great. Okay, what's an embarrassing moment that you can share that oh. has happened? <laughs> <laughs> that's important, team. right? Yeah, you that can you can share. share. Um, <laughs> what's one that you can share from maybe the locker room or practice or embarrassing moment? Well, I mean, I kind of just had an embarrassing moment on Wednesday night. The turf monster got me, and I, I you know, I got, the ball got stuck under my foot, uh, which would not happen on the grass field. And I gave Charlie the goal pretty much the first goal, so that was embarrassing. That's the most latest one. 
Like okay. Oh yeah, and giving it to yourself. That was it happens to all of us. It the turf happens, monsters are the real monster thing. Got me, you know, and that's pretty embarrassing, like as a professional for that to happen, you know. I, was, I wasn't <laughs> happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay. If you had to be stuck on an island with someone oh. who and you have to survive on this island, who are mm. you picking? Yeah, good. A teammate, I would pick probably maybe Jacob. Okay. He Why? comes from a fishing family mm. in Norway. So he's like Ooh, all yeah. about boats and knows about, you know, water and like different things. I feel like if I'm on an island, maybe I'd want somebody like that who's comfortable around the sea. Are you good with that type and of stuff? I'm not so good with that stuff. So I would need somebody, you know. Okay. To have survive. Him, you know, probably catch fish, you know, and then help us stay alive, eating them and cooking them. You Is know. he catching them with I his bare like hands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, but I think I'd go with him. Yes, I, I like that. I like that. Definitely got to pick pick somebody that can help you eat and um, will be able to catch the fish or maybe even like hunting animals if you need to. Maybe make a makeshift spear or something. I don't know. Yeah, he's Norwegian, I don't know what so like Viking, is, you know, I think he's got some Viking you know, okay. blood in him, you know. Okay, I, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, as a parent of two, if you had to pick someone that, <laughs> it's a weird question to even ask, who would you trust most with your kids? On to, the like, team? Yeah. Okay, so I've I've used some of my teammates oh, as good. babysitters uh, at times. Babysitter. So they're That's good the babysitters. That's the of having them significantly younger. Younger, too, I feel so like. there we go. Back to the young guys. So you know, Nate Hario has done some time. Quinn, you know, my daughter loves Quinn, and, and they get along great. So he's he's a good kid. Jack Elliott is so who's the best? He's somebody of all I would them. trust. Um, well, I would say oh, it's tough to say who's the best. They're all great kid, kids, but I would just say Nate because he's got a dog, and my kids love dogs. Oh, so when yeah. he brings a dog over, Bear, he's you know they get along with them, and it's yeah, it's cool. And that's a wrap. Once the and dog, wrap, what kind of dog, dog is it? I don't even know. Oh, it's just a fun dog. It's just so. a cool dog. I'm not good with dog names <laughs> and breeds. <laughs> I'm actually not good with that either. So if yeah, you had said I it, I probably wouldn't even know yeah. it unless it was like a poodle or something. Right, right. Um, there's a few breeds that I like fully know, but then some people say it's like a cross between a bubble and, and you lost me. Um, all right. And then Coach has another question because I agree, Spiral yeah. Out. That was a hardcore first question that Coach had. The best trash talker. The best trash talker? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Besides me, again, I feel like I talk a good game. I would say, the, I was talking about younger, Jack McGlynn is definitely the worst trash talker. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I think, um, oh, yeah, that's a good one. I think um, the best trash talker. Yeah, I, I talk a good game, you know. I think I can get it. Sometimes Dre can, can give it back to, um, let's see, who else? Jose. But... He's doing it in Spanish, so mm. nobody can understand him except a few guys like myself. <laughs> he's he's got to get more on Duolingo, so his, his trash talking translates. But, uh, yeah. yeah. But would you pick them to back you up if you're in a fight? Do you think the, the trash talker can also back it up? I don't know. I don't know. Do I've think- yet to see Jose. You know, I, I, I always joke with him. That's my trash talking. I say, you're all bark, no bite, you know, so... That's what I tell him, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> oh, man. And then I know Jose had another question in the chat I think is a good one. And I'll come back to this um, about your future because, actually, there's a couple people that have asked about your future, Ali. But we're not talking about you yet no, specifically I, but with I that. I see Kevin yes, up there with, um, the, with the hip-hop. That's oh, hilarious because yeah. we, we, yes, yesterday Kevin. we went to, we had an appearance, they did an appearance at Mitchell and Ness, you know, and, and Nate was driving. So I was in the passenger seat and I was like, all right, let me, de- let me see if we DJ got some DJ Ali, like yeah, it? Yeah, so I was playing, you know, some Jada Kiss, some Beanie Siegel, uh, you know, Freeway, Philly-based guys. And these guys, they didn't even know any of these uh, songs. And, and, and like I was playing a Diplomats album from Dipset, like all this stuff. And they had no idea. I even went back to Talib Kweli, you know, all the, you know, it's... I was doing some throwbacks though, but you were in your bag. Any you were in your bag, DJ. Any songs, but I was jamming out to it. (laughs) There's a there's a lingo for you guys. Ali was in his bag DJing, but nobody else knew it. So was anybody else dancing, singing, rapping along? It was just you. It was just pretty much me. How many people were in the car? Quinn was in the car too. Quinn Sullivan, and uh, he he knew what did he? He knew I think one Wu Tang song. Yeah. Wow, Wu Tang were—they're actually on tour right now. Um, I saw that too, but that's that's sad. I think the worst part is—I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I still knew songs and artists. Like my parents introduced me to music that was before my time. So even though I wasn't alive for the music, or maybe even old enough, I knew it. That now I can still talk about music from like the '70s and '80s. Mm. But for whatever reason, this new generation. <laughs> Yeah. They know nothing about our music. It's not that long ago. No, no. And it's changed so much. You know, I feel like it's not lyrically in depth. It's just 
guy screaming with a it's decent not. beat. I have no or idea something. what's being said these yeah, days. At least some of them. I feel. I feel played. very. I feel. Yeah. I feel like I'm. I'm stupid. I'm like I don't know what's being said. All right. Best and worst dresser spiral out is asking off the field who's got the most swag. GQ. The swag. GQ. Yeah. Okay. It's a good one. Um, the best dressed, uh, I would say, guys like. Um, Maybe uh, a Julian, Jacob, um, you know, uh, people make fun of uh, sometimes of Mika Ure. Just, yeah. he's, he's got this Scandinavian look, very Danish, yeah. like sometimes like this over, <laughs> over, oversized uh, clothes that he rocks. But, you know, it's very stylish, I guess, you know, but maybe it doesn't, you know, um, it's not everybody's taste. Yeah. It's <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the worst dressed, you know, I can add, my, I put myself on there, you know, no problem. I'm, I'm a dad now, you know, I got, you know, like, yeah. dad, look at this. So it's like, this is like dad style, like going out to like a golf or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, let's say, yeah. It's, it is the style of about like 90% of the people in our office alone rock the classic polo khakis look. It's polo definitely khakis. a dad look. Yeah, it's just a safe simple. look, Keep though. Keep it simple. Safe. Very, you know? It is very safe I don't safe got too much simple. time in the morning. I got to get the kids to school, you know, and all this. So I just put on. Yeah. Outside of uh, tearing up on the soccer field, you still have to be a dad, too. So you don't really have time <laughs> to be all GQ like maybe everybody else. But I mean, you did get a compliment for your outfit and looking. Somebody said it earlier. So, yeah. Um, okay. Last question about... Um, you that I want to ask specifically is, I know Jose was asking earlier about the Latin community specifically in, in Philly mm. and just the ex growth of the game. Um, you know, what do you think the team or, or the league can even do to continue to grow the game to be able to tap into those other markets? Diversity is key. I know growing up for me playing soccer, I rarely saw another girl on the soccer field that was my complexion or, or even just... A, a, bl a black girl that I played against. Um, I don't know from your experiences how much you even saw that growing up, but still, it still needs, we're seeing an improvement, but there still needs to be more diversity in the game. Yeah. What do you think the league and the team specifically can do to help from your from your standpoint? Yeah, look, I think that's great timing in that question. It is Hispanic Heritage yes, Month, it so it's, you know, a good time. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, I think uh, more diversity is, is, is needed, right? And um, Philadelphia being a minority majority city, I think still the Latino community, though, is not where I think it should be mm. in Philadelphia. You know, and I, I, this is outside soccer, but I'm working with another organization called Live Work Philadelphia. And, and part of the gist on that is trying to it's a kind of a resident town attraction program, right, to try to help bring even more uh, Hispanics and, and add more diversity, you know, to make the city more vibrant, inclusive, that. all that stuff. Um, so but yeah, in, in terms of the league, I think there needs to be even more initiatives. I think uh, recently in recent years, the, the clubs in general have done, mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, within their scouting and recruitment network they've done uh a better job of of scouting you know south americans or even central americans um to come to the league mm -hmm. uh, you know, especially younger because uh, they know there's value in them to be you know come here maybe sell them uh to europe but uh i think that that helps grow the game and and the reason why the, the, we had a first iteration of the league's cup is because the league is really trying to tap into that market because right. when you look at along uh, across the demographics and uh, in terms of viewership numbers, you know, the, the, the Mexican league is the, the, the most highly viewed league in, in America. Mm -hmm. and that says a lot right there in terms of the Hispanic community that needs to be tapped into. And I think even since I, when I've come here, you know, I've I've talked to, to folks within the club is how can we do that even more? You know, yeah. where folks coming to the stadium aren't just maybe suburban uh, families, you know, that where is that urban community, mm. you know, the, the Mexican or Italian, whatever it may be here in a city to get out there. How can we, you know, um, market it to folks that look more like myself or the Jose Martinez and, mm -hmm. and Jesus Buenos or Joaquim Torres that we have on our team and, and, and bring more of those people and fan and that fan base into our, uh, yeah. into our community, into the union, uh, fandom and, and things like that. So, you know, it's a work in progress like yeah. everything, but uh, I think certainly it's an important initiative that I think the league has to do. And I'm not just talking about Hispanics, I'm talking about even more diversity as well. Yeah, I, I always think a key part of that is absolutely access, resources. You know, I, I just think about how expensive 
soccer is compared to maybe some other sports. And the reason why soccer is so popular in other countries is because they do play all the time and they're not focused on, I have to be on a turf field. I have to have the latest spikes. I have to be, or, you know, have an organized soccer practice. Um, whereas in America, everything is very financial. It's a, it's so expensive. And I remember um, for many years, I coached club soccer after I finished playing. Um, I coach in college, I coach club. And through all those experiences, I'm like, this is why I, I rarely see players that are of color on the pitch because you need to have parents that know what, about it, financially can afford it, parents that can drive you or fly you all over. Like, it, it's, it is very tough. So I think from an access standpoint for players, but even as you're talking about for fans, there's room for growth, and it is fortunately um, changing, but there's still more that needs to be done without a doubt. Yeah, we have the pay-to-play system here in the States, yes. right? That can be, at times, I guess, detrimental to, like you said, access, mm -hmm. resources, development, mm -hmm. um, and all that stuff. But I, I would say there's strides being taken. Uh, obviously, the club has the Union Foundation. They've installed many pitches across the city uh, and other areas, um, some of our ownership group is involved with swag, mm -hmm. which is trying to get team uh, more here in the urban um, part of the city, uh, get more kids involved. And, and that's, you know, you just need more resources and, and more access because there are kids out there that, that want to play. Um, the more that maybe I'm out here at PHLY, you know, get soccer uh, <laughs> more into, into um, mainstream yeah. uh, media helps. Um, but, you know, soccer is a sport that's going to continue to grow. Um, um, but yeah, like you said, uh, you know, I play, my kids play in a team in the city and it still can cost upwards of $5,000 a, a year. It's wild. That's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. You talk about, you know, that's not accessible to a lot of families, especially yeah. in the city. So, you know, I think, um, there's gotta be more work done around those areas. Definitely, definitely. Well, there's a whole rabbit hole of conversation. We can continue down that path. I like the question, Jose, because it is good to talk about these things and have opportunities to just, for as, as much as we love talking about the games, the results, there is a whole other side of it of just continuing to provide access and grow the sport that we love. Um, so I do want to just tell you guys about an opportunity that you can be able to save some more money and buy merchandise. That's with FOCO. FOCO has you covered with any sort of sports and entertainment collectibles, toys, apparel, merchandise that you want to purchase. Um, they've got a lot of Philly sports gear that you can check out. Uh, I know they help us out here at PHLY, so you can use that code on your screen. And for those of you that are listening back across podcast platforms, PHLY gets you 10% off at FOCO and be able to check out all the things that they have there so you can buy some more gear and merchandise for, for you or your, your little ones, whoever it is that you're purchasing for. So Ali, you talk about and joke about being the old man in the locker room now, but your <laughs> career and your journey has been a very special one. Thanks um, for the reminder. Fellow Jersey native, we're both from Jersey. I'm Central Jersey though. Okay. The all real, right. you know, yeah. Central Jersey. North Jersey is where it's at though. Uh, <laughs> North Jersey is great for like, I love a good North Jersey uh, brunch. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Um, the restaurants and food are good, but I such a Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So just looking at your career as a whole, um, going back, growing up in Jersey and then going through St. Thomas Aquinas High School, yeah. off into college. You know, what was the moment in your career that you felt like shifted you from playing soccer just for fun to this is something I can do for the rest of my life? Or yeah. not the rest of your life, but for many, many more years. Ago. Right, right, yeah. No, well, both my parents are from Colombia, right? They immigrated here. Um, and North Jersey, as you are, is like a, a big melting pot as well. It is. Um, so there's a big Colombian community there. Um, I lived up there for until I was nine years old or so uh, before my, my father got relocated for a job down to South Florida, which is another huge melting pot. Um, it's another big Colombian and Hispanic community. Um, so everywhere I, I lived, soccer was always a big part of my life. Um, mm -hmm. My parents played it. Um, and, and obviously everyone that I was friends with uh, in, in those cities that I grew up in, um, they played it as well. But, you know, I, I was lucky to be on a great team. You know, we resided in Western Florida and, and the Western FC team was a, a very good, good team, travel club team. Um, at that time, we didn't have academies like how they, they have it oh, the yeah. all set up here nowadays uh, and this whole MLS next stuff. So it was it was just a travel team and, and you represented Weston and Florida and, and you traveled all to all these showcases and tournaments all across the country. 
Um, and like I said, I was lucky to play on actually a really, really good team, uh, which was a great mix of, of, of players, you know, Americans and uh, from all the South American countries, Haitians, you know, everywhere. Um, and we had a good team and, and, and we, uh, yeah, we, we won states, we won regionals, we went two times to nationals, uh, national championships. And uh, that's when I started to really know that I thought that, that maybe I could go further. Obviously, mm-hmm. a big goal of, of youth sports in this country, you know, I think that's other pressures the parents put on their kids, but that's a whole other topic, uh, <laughs> is to obviously get that college scholarship because, not, you know, that's... That was the me. The likelihood of going pro is, is unlikely, but mm-hmm. at least if you can get a college scholarship and help, you know, from an educational standpoint, that's great because college is super expensive here in this country. But, um, yeah, I, I obviously didn't have actually as many offers as maybe I thought I had playing on such a great team and the quality of my play, but... Back to, you know, being, I guess, the story of my career in general, being maybe overlooked, underrated, this Mm -hmm. and that. Um, You know, I have these, I always talk about this email saved of some of the college coaches that I wanted to go to where they said I was too small, too skinny, I wasn't fast enough. Um, you wow. know, uh, my game wouldn't translate because I'm not physical enough. My dream was always good to be, go to an ACC school, right? Like UNC Chapel Hill because of yeah. Jordan and all that stuff. But I, I wanted to go play in the ACC, but I numerous emails from ACC schools saying, you know, all those things, uh, or even one coach saying that, um, um, I, I wouldn't be playing as a freshman. And I was like, how can you say that to somebody where I haven't even stepped foot? Yeah. You haven't seen me train. I haven't even competed. I, I haven't shown you what I'm capable of. Like, you don't play freshman just because, mm-hmm. like, you know, you should, it should be merit-based, you know. Um, but, yeah, all that stuff. But then, um, so I, I, I really feel it wasn't until my freshman year in college, actually, where I was like, all right, I can really probably go pro in this, um, where that mindset shifted. Uh, I was a freshman All-American. Mm-hmm. At FDU, actually, you know, in yeah. North Central Philly, in North Central Jersey, sorry. And then I, I, um, I transferred to Boston College, an ACC school, uh, <laughs> because that first game of that season that year, I actually, I think I scored, I scored a goal and assisted on one. We beat them 3-0. It was a big upset. Um, and, uh, yeah, I ended up going to Boston College. And right then and there, I, I made an immediate impact at, in ACC. Uh, and that's where, you know, I got called up, you know, for the Olympic team, the U.S. Olympic team mm-hmm. in the under-20s. And uh, that's where I started really, you know, I can, I can be a professional uh, and, and, you know, make my, my uh, dream a reality. Yeah. Yes. I love that. The fact that you shared the, you know, the throughout your career, it wasn't always easy. You weren't always, um, you know, predicted and expected to be a future professional soccer player. You had coaches that didn't think you were going to be good enough, fast enough, strong enough, whatever it was. I know I definitely had my fair share of the same types of conversations, actually. Too skinny. Mm. Well, mine, I was a quick player, but mine was too skinny. Um, there's always a question of your foot skills, which I'm like, I don't know uh, why they're questioning my foot skills when I'm leading score and assists and everything. It's fine yeah. in the back of the net, just fine. <laughs> um, and finding teammates' feet to score. But also um, the same type of thing of we don't know if you're going to be able to play your freshman year or you might have to wait a year. I remember I had a coach that told me, we don't give scholarships to freshmen. I was like, well, this freshman needs a scholarship because right. there's four of us that are all going to college and my parents are not wealthy enough to just write a check. Um, so there are even those factors when you have the talent, but you don't have maybe the support or the belief. Hmm. And for you, what helped you push through that when you were getting those rejections or those emails? I know you say you still keep them probably as motivation. Hmm. What helped you use that as motivation and not something that was discouraging? Yeah, no, I think I have a lot to thank my the, the support system I had, right? And, and the friends that I had, especially and my family. My father was a, a very important figure in my life. He mm-hmm. was the one that kind of... He didn't even do, he didn't need to push me, but he was always there. He traveled a lot because of work. But the times that he didn't travel when he was home, he made it a point to always go out and train with me. Uh, yeah. We grew up in South Florida. Obviously, it was very hot. But I recall he was he was my running coach. You know, we'd wake up at five in the morning and he would be willing to wake up with me Aww. before it got really hot and go to the track and just work on, you know, endurance, stamina and then work on technical stuff. And he'd be the ones, you know, serving me the balls and working on, you know, technical stuff. Um, so he, he really was, uh, vital for me. And, and, you know, he's a very, he, he loves quotes and, you know, he, he'd always sit me down and read certain quotes from different, you know, mm-hmm. uh, authors and writers and things like that. And, and just, you know, instilled this mindset in me that like, you know, you don't need to listen to the, the noise or, you know, the negative stuff, just always be more positive and yeah. optimistic and, 
because it, the belief in you is what really matters and that's what's going to drive you to is there a specific quote that that stuck with you Oof, maybe more than others i've had so many <laughs> no i mean no i mean just general quotes you know yeah. like um uh What's the hard, uh, hard work beats talent when mm -hmm. talent doesn't work hard. That yeah. was a very important one for me just because, you know, I thought I was always talented and, but I obviously I had more talented players on my team, mm -hmm. you know, like strikers and more maybe technical folks that can make wingers that can do step overs and, yeah. you know, fancy moves. That wasn't, that's not my game. Yeah. But, uh, especially in high school years, you know, that, those are the transformative years where, you know, if you don't, if you get caught up in the wrong things with the wrong friends, you know, even as talented as you may be. Well, you may, you're not going to make it. And that's mm -hmm. what happened. And I was always, you know, focused on, you know, that I wanted to play soccer. You know, I always had the dream of playing professional, right? But at least get into college and see where it goes. Yeah. Um, and so that was always my mindset, discipline. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm a big quote person, which is why I asked. But I feel like, you know, those quotes are the, are the things, or even just those conversations, those moments are the things that help stick with you, you know, throughout the course of your career that um, you just hear that voice in the back of your head of like something your dad told you mm -hmm. or remembering that morning run or whatever it may be. And for you having had opportunities, you've played in, in very, with various teams internationally. You've played and obviously the MLS, we're talking about the union. You've also played with the national team. You know, how have those moments really helped you today? You know, what do you feel like through all these different experiences, um, you know, reaching so many milestones and accolades and accomplishing so much, how has it helped you today to, to continue to be the, the, the leader that you are on the field? Yeah, as you mentioned, experiences. I mean, the, that can't be understated. Like, yeah. uh, I'm so blessed to, to have played all, you know, this many games, this, this many seasons, years, and across, um, you know the world really uh, i mean the opportunities that have that i've been afforded by playing uh club ball in europe but mm -hmm. also representing the national team uh, has been unbelievable like yeah. i always say um I, i've been to places that i never thought i would i've seen things i've i've met people I, i've enjoyed parts of cultures you know with food and music and and the arts and all this stuff that has just been amazing and i feel like that's been the number one you know kind of not to uh, discredit the educational system, but I feel like I've learned even so much more with yeah. these travels and experiences. Mm. And that's all given me uh, perspectives and, um, and, and, and things that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise, I feel like. And that's allowed me to become the person that I am. It's molded me into, you know, having, um, uh, yeah, like I said, different perspectives and, and, and the way of thinking that um, maybe some folks don't have because they haven't been able to or you know have these opportunities yeah. that i've had i like i like the fact you talk about the perspectives off the field and as we uh get ready to wrap up here i know we're already coming up on the hour mark i do want to give a chance to ask the questions that we had uh, submitted on twitter people did tweet us or excess maybe i don't know they xed us and uh asked some questions so let's let's take a quick pause to take a look at our uh faqs fan questions that we have been asked so far now similar to a question that we had before um about the uh your life after soccer there okay. was a nice question that was asked i'm trying to actually find it really quickly here um starting off with a question from nick youngstein mm. who asked if you see coaching in your future you seem like a coach when you're on the pitch and nick's wondering do we have a future of you uh coaching oh that's a good one i mean i've told myself yeah i i, I don't see myself really being a coach after okay. uh um we'll see you know i never know where life might take you not with your kids either you don't want to coach them not really. I coach him at home, but I told my I told my wife, my son, my family that I don't want anything to do. I don't want to put any pressures on him. You know, I'll sit on the sidelines. I'll hear all the other coaches, you know, screaming and all the stuff that goes on in youth sports. But uh, I don't want to put any pressures on my kids. So you know, if he wants to have advice from me, and you know, it, I like I like that he takes initiative. They're like, mm -hmm. Daddy, you want to go play, or Daddy, you want to come yeah. kick the ball? Like that's great. I love that he's getting into it. He's eight years old, so I like that. But. You know, uh, as of right now, I don't know. I, I feel like I prefer to maybe have, you know, maybe a front office role or, you know, obviously I'm involved in different business ventures. So if some of, I can see some of those taking off and me being more actively involved in them uh, post-career. Okay. So we'll see. see. But, you know, coaching, you know, is, is always there for, I feel like, for, for a player. 
could see you being more the front office. You come around the team, you know, and you're the you're the fun guy. That's maybe in maybe not a suit, but maybe uh, you know you're 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 the David Beckham a little bit yeah, more yeah. of that. Well, type I mean, of a, though, people wear suits that much anymore. Really. They don't. It's more no, like it's casual. Whatever, and, yeah. whatever people are wearing these days. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I could see that. I can definitely see more of the business side too. All right, asking about the fixtures coming up. It's uh, John Krasafi. I'm so sorry if I said that incorrectly. Asking with this fixture congestion for the next weeks. How do you and the team manage energy levels game to game? Yeah, that's great. I think, look, uh, obviously part of that is also has to has to come from within. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you have to have a certain mentality uh, to be ready for every game. Um, but also, yeah, it, it's part of the job of the coaching staff and a guy like myself, too, to make sure that guys are, are ready to go at the mm -hmm. opening whistle. Uh, there's also, you know, a nutritional part of it. Um, I guess there's things that we take that can help <laughs> with boosting some energy levels, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, like I said, we're all competitors, right? So we want to make sure that we uh, compete and, and do our best every game. Yeah, yes. Last two questions from the uh, ones that were submitted on X. Uh, John PM 21 says, what is your favorite venue to play in? Outside of Philly, of course, outside of Subaru Park. Um, what is your favorite venue to play in? A favorite venue to play in outside of Subaru Park is probably, I think, uh, Atlanta has a good crowd, but I hate the turf. Uh, at, playing at LAFC has been great. They got a new stadium. But all the all the places that have new stadiums, really. Uh, <laughs> it's all the new stadiums. Nashville has a great atmosphere, you know. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati has a great atmosphere at their stadium. Um, but, yeah. I've, we've yet to play at Austin and St. Louis, and I've heard nothing but amazing things about those two stadiums. So. Okay, okay. Yeah. And John asked what you can update, but there's nothing to update at Subaru Park. It's all nice. It's all always a great atmosphere. And then, yeah. Coach, I will give Coach our final question. Coach has had a lot of questions for you, Ali. Um, the coolest athlete you've ever met? The coolest athlete I've ever met. Oh, wow, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> Coach with the questions, man. Yeah, yeah. I would say it had to be AI, one of the Sixers game, ah, right? okay. Um, it's pretty cool. I mean, he's a Philly icon, and I think he's one of the guys that changed the game in many, many different ways, too, uh, from being that cool athlete, right? Yeah. He got so much slack, but at the end of the day, he's just being himself. Hmm. I like, yeah, I would love to meet AI. Um, yeah, he definitely changed the game in a lot of ways. All right, so there's, I got to tell you guys about DraftKings, and I'm going to tell you, though, first, this is a longer read, so this is a great chance to, to buckle up because as we <laughs> wind down the show, the final segment is all about you, and we're going to have some quick rapid-fire questions oh. coming your way. Um, and if you think the ones before were tough, it's about to get tricky. I was going to break out the It's Tricky song, but I won't do that to you guys. All right, DraftKings, we're looking at another week of football action coming up. And so DraftKings Sportsbook is helping you keep in the NFL action with great offers every single day. Uh, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. So head on over to DraftKings, sign up with code PHLY, and again, you can take advantage of that deal where new customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code PHLY. The crown is yours. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, if you're there, help is available for problems with gambling. You can call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. And on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, you've got to be 21 and older. The age does vary by jurisdiction. It's uh, void in Ontario. And you can see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets do expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Whew. All right, wow. Ali, as we wrap up here, we've got to get into a little bit more. So it's time for the you in union. Trying to put the you back in union. We're talking all things about you right now. Mm. So first thing is, if you didn't play professional soccer, what would you be doing? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned earlier I'd be in, uh, like to maybe be in the front office or something. So I think uh, I went to the uh, I went to business school at BC. So I feel like okay. I'd probably be somewhere in, in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your favorite hobby? Uh, hobby? Um, yeah, I just enjoy other sports. So just hanging out watching sports. Yeah, I'm okay. a sports guy. I feel that. Go to song, pump up song. 
go-to song oh i don't know i like a lot of this reggaeton music you know j balvin um yeah favorite career moment that you've had favorite career moment you could just pick one well i mean a super milestone is like just being at the world cup right that's a pinnacle of anybody's career right so yeah. definitely world cup and then also i guess scoring against psg in paris okay that's a nice goal was yeah. there a player that you have looked up to a role model a role players that i looked up there's been a few you know zidane thierry Henry, uh kaka yeah iniesta so and then of course messi he's my age but at the same time i mean this guy's the world's best player for yeah, me yeah so. definitely um and then last two for you best teammate over the years i know you've had a lot of great teammates it's hard to pick just one but best if you had to pick one over the years wow that's a, that's a <laughs> tough one um yeah Whew. Look, I think uh, just right now for Philly fans, I think Jacob Glesnes, obviously, he's one of my close friends. He's Norwegian. My wife is Norwegian. They're actually from the same city in wow. Norway, Bergen. So they have that whole connection. So, yeah. And he's just an overall nice guy, huh. good guy. And then last one. Obviously, you guys came close winning to winning last year. Mm -hmm. But what would you sacrifice and give up in your life to bring a championship <laughs> to Philly? <laughs> oh, man. What would I sacrifice? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, Even the best for last. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. Um, I don't know. You got me with that one. Is there I'd, something I'd, that anything you... like I just for you think about legacy, you think about like why I was signed here, things like that. It was the ultimate goal is to win a, the championship. And that's what I want to bring to the Philly fans. That's been my goal since I got here. OK. So. Would you be willing to give up like a, something that you do every day? I don't know if you're a coffee person. You don't seem like a coffee person. I am a big coffee golf. guy. Yeah. Oh. So I, I have to have my coffee every morning. So, oh. yeah, I'd give up coffee. I'd give up anything. Like I love an red, arm, I love like to drink red wine. I'd, I'd <laughs> give up my left leg, whatever, anything. Yeah, really. <laughs> there you go. Ali, ready? Give up it all, whatever it takes to bring a championship to Philly. Hopefully this is the you guys do it. You've clinched the playoff spot. This mm -hmm. is just the beginning of all the fun for the real season as we're looking at, to close out the regular season. Of course, the big game tomorrow against LAFC. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. It's been a pleasure learning about you, learning about your team, and uh, chatting with you yeah, today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Let's go Union. Yes, yes. And for anybody, you can always tune in, subscribe, follow. We're live on YouTube. At least we'll be going moving forward next week, twice per week, that we'll have more episodes for you live. Uh, for those of you that are wanting to also listen on podcast platforms, you can subscribe and follow and find PHLY Union Podcast anywhere you catch your podcast. So for myself, Renee Washington, and our lovely guest, a great first guest of many to come here on the show, Ali Bedoya, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hit that like button, subscribe, and be sure to catch us for more here on PHLY. Union podcast in the future. Have a great weekend. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Go Union. Yeah. See you guys next time. <laughs> Silly like the mayor, 